0: Welcome to the Drive Phase podcast, the best podcast for information on issues surrounding sports business in the Caribbean. On the Drive Phase, we have discussions with sport administrators, coaches, athletes and various stakeholders in the sporting industry and examine their contribution to sports and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Dalton Myers. So in this episode, we look at Weeper, the West Indies Players Association, partnership in developing the professional cricketer. And here to discuss it with me is Wavell Hines, president of the West Indies Players Association. Wavell, welcome. Thanks, man. Good evening. Uh, So listen, you you have been playing, you have played cricket for many years for West Indies national level, club level. Uh, How is the transition now into administration?
1: Well, it has been good um, It's something that started from I was actually in the middle of my playing days Maybe I should have started a little bit Earlier from the day I started my cricket career I should have started to plan the transition to the next mm. phase But I learned in the first phase of my playing career That you need to start to plan for thereafter And I did just that So it has been good um, It's a major adjustment to come back to in to Um I was toured by Gus Loggi in 1995 When I was on a tour of Pakistan that playing cricket at that level it was huge level, although it was international it was huge against Pakistan under 19 he said that we are living in a fantasy world so I couldn't understand because oh. I was a spring cricket player. so well you stay in a hotel and you get transported to and from the game to and from the airport and all that and when normal regular people go to work they do all of that for themselves <laughs> and then take themselves to work so <laughs> um living in a hotel, bed being made up, you go down to the lobby area for breakfast. Breakfast is made and and when you transition now, fast forward to when uh, where I'm at now mm-hmm. is is allocating the twenty four hours of the day to do all of those stuff, plus preparing to be able to do work and family stuff. So yeah. it's a big it's a big transition.
0: You talk about family. So your daddy, your a poor president, you're a big part of Camperdown Past Student Association, you're an active member. Now, your constituency caretaker, you've been doing quite a lot. How, how you manage that time in terms of just creating a balance?
1: Um, it, it, it's important. I mean, managing time is something that I was forced to do from when I was young by my dad. Um, so, while playing cricket at school throughout my entire life I'd at down and playing football at the same time. Right. So, I was always active throughout the school year. I was always told to make sure that I've done house chores. I had to go and spend holidays with grandmas and Look for cousins and aunties So, played from my community, Portsmouth in Portmore And that's where my cricketing skills really got developed Then playing for Kensington So, I was always very busy doing multiple things From I was maybe about 10 years old So, sometimes when I don't have anything to do I don't know how to do it (laughs) myself So, I just started to interchange those The ones that I transitioned out of I find something else to fill the gap And of course, the most important of all is being a dad so that is special
0: Talk about Portsmouth in, in Portmore and, and you have talked many times that your your dad is has always been a crucial part as a coach for you and now a coach for Alex and Corey how, how crucial is that kind of a family bonding for you now and, and even moving forward
1: Well it is It is. It is the, the very bedrock of what has made me I think um, if God has made a greater man than my dad then I want to meet him <laughs> I, it is, he is a superhuman being and my father, when he first started to be a dad to me, and I started to understand that daddy is actually being daddy, I never used to like daddy. <laughs> I used to think daddy is hard because then mommy allows you to, you know, mommy may be hard sometimes, but mommy will, in the middle of that, allow you to do what you want to do or come and, you know, pat you on the back and get you back around to doing stuff. But daddy was always regiment about timekeeping, doing chores at home, Going to church, just all the regular things. Making sure that he did his schoolwork, trying to respect to family members, being a, a big brother, which I was at the time, and just trying to make sure that stuff are done in a particular order that is repeatable and sustainable, and he was always consistent with that. He was someone who left school at grade nine, walked out of early school, and had to go and learn a trade, which is um, masonry construction, and he insisted, and he always said that everyone in the house must leave each morning to go to work or school nobody will stay unless you're sick or you're retired and himself and mommy was not retired and we had to leave rain or shine you had to come mm. out of the house and you had to go to school and it's not he's not asking you. it's telling that you must go to school and then interestingly i found out maybe in about third farm not knowing that my father used to come and check up on me at Camperdown. ever so often because he didn't come to parent-teachers' uh, meeting or he didn't go to the report day, when you have parents' day and thing. Yeah. He comes like three, four times per term. When I was in a class, he would have been checking up on me with teachers. And I didn't know. And he would have asked you random questions at different times. And youngster, you're giving the answer that you think is most suitable, not knowing that he has the right answer. He's just Unready. asking for confirmation. Yeah. And you found out the hard way sometimes when the reports are due and then it's read to you and all that. So... Those sort of techniques and style I have adapted. I've learned from them. I got sometimes a sticky end when my father did it, but I learned the lessons to monitoring and making sure that the right things are done at all times. And my father is of the belief that first things first. So you look after the first things first. You get home from school, you get your bed, you get your warmer done, and then you can leisure and laser around. But not leisure before and then yeah. no. And it's the most important thing to my father is that I always knew that I could count on him. So he gave me that security. So I believe in my father. Up to today, I can call him for an advice because, as you know, people transition. So he's a different sort of father and he'll be doing to me now than he did 30 years ago. So um, I have learned, and that's the first person I've probably learned
0: from how to be a man and how to be a father. Weaver, we're going to be talking a little bit more about <clears throat> the professional cricketer now, but I, I wanted to bring in this point. You're one of the few athletes, and I say a professional athlete who have managed to go on to even garner a, a master's, an MSc? If I be an MSc, I think it is. Why is education so important to you?
1: Well, I just gave you the background. I was told that it is important. I was <laughs> instructed, directed, and supported to go to school. I, after spending five years at Independence City College, I passed common entrance to go to Online. What was interesting to me about school was that it was the best part of my life. I had a social life. I had a sporting life. Uh, My finances were better when I was going to school because I get lunch money and I get friends at school. So everything about my life I get to get to go to devotions in the morning. So I wasn't missing out anything. And my social circles grew bigger. My sporting circle grew bigger, playing football and cricket and I got a chance to leave home because <laughs> I had to travel from Portmore to Camperdon so that alone allowed me to love school and then you go to school you do your work I and mean, when you do your school work you got rewarded in different ways and I knew that my father and of course my mummy went to Oberlin High School and had to stop at grade 9 because her parents could not afford to send her any longer because she had older, older siblings who had to be finished mm-hmm. and you know in, in those days the the family is big and the first two or three may get through and they will have to take the responsibility of sending oh, the others. The others through. Oh. So those are having, a, having parents who finished school at grade nine and they are insistent that it is important to have education and I, I got the support from them. And I had reasons to go through, you know, going to school. Sports actually helped me through school in getting a Michael Money scholarship in 1994 for three years, which finished sending me through high school buying cricket equipment, because that's what it was for, performing in cricket and in academics at the same time my car money had a trust fund for two guys from the rural two guys from the urban right. and I was the first winner of the first three years
0: that's pretty interesting right? so you, you, you won that and, and later you you also you were the 2013 recipient of the Courtney Walsh Awards uh, and that ceremony at the Pegasus Hotel in Jamaica so you've been rewarded for for the for the great work you've been doing
1: well yeah I think um, as I look at it um Dalton and I try to Give back a lot. I am very grateful for the opportunities I've received. Um, I spoke about the Michael Manley Trust Fund that I gained thanks to the late great Michael Manley and all the persons who supported that program. I am a beneficiary of a a very strong family unit. Um, That's a very strong community in Portsmouth, a very strong high school in Camperdown. Um, Many blessings to Mrs. Cynthia Cook, my mother, a former principal at Camperdown, and still my mother. Um, Mrs. Shirley Simmons Vice principal at the time And there were the op- There were opposite numbers Mrs. Cook was the Person who gave you The tough love And Mrs. Simmons Was the one who hugged you And got you to do Everything you didn't want to do Without even raising her voice um, And she did it with a smile And you When you saw her You said, Alright, alright Miss, no problem yeah, I did it Yes <laughs> <laughs> So And when I, the benefit of that I have the benefit of being With um, Kensington um Cricket Club Which I'm still With now I'm the second VP And Captain in the Juno Cup team, so I leave here after Juno Cup practice, and of course, I had the benefit of being playing youth U- cricket, so I represented the Jamaica Cricket Association. Um, being in that setup exposed me, and of course, playing under nineteen cricket for the West Indies. So, from having those benefits um, <clears throat> and experiences. I think I, I owe a great depth of gratitude to cricket, the game, and as such, you'll see that I'm still involved at various levels. I'm the ambassador for the Portmore League. I still play for Portsmouth in cricket, Portmore competition when it's on. I play for Kensington. I'm serving a Weeper president and CEO, um, and, this, and just to note to the public, the presidency side of it is quite voluntary. So, and I've been an executive of Weeper from t- 2002, so I'm in my seventeenth year. Serving So from I was playing, I was sacrificing playing days and staying up at night reading material to represent players and all that. So, And I see the, and I understand the value in it, and I understand what advocacy can do, good advocacy, for the right reason, when you give of yourself and give selflessly for a greater cause. Because if, when I studied Weeper, it started in 1973 on about with mm-hmm. those guys, and somebody gave up what they had to give up at that time, I'm sure less was at stake. And they gave up the little that was at stake to make sure that we can sit here today championing um, medical health insurance for $4 million per year per player. Um, And that's a far cry from 46 years ago. So um, those are the motivations that came through. And you spoke earlier about a young man in Ravman Powell who has been part of the West City setup, and did didn't make the team. But when I managed to occupied a position of chairman of Soleta for Jamaica 19 in 19 in 2011 and also manager the team we traveled to Guyana that was Ravman's first flight on an aircraft and I sat with him and he gave me a story about his humble beginnings and his struggles and he played in that tournament didn't play the 3D competition and he was quite upset and I had to speak to him played one day did well and from fast forward to 2019 Ravman is one of the better players going around so those sort of contribution I want to believe will have impacted people. So it not only impacted Ravman socially and economically, but it also impacted Jamaica and the West Indies. So Ravman is now a top cricketer, an elite cricketer earning top dollar and US dollars, and it generates revenue to the country, bringing new revenue to, into our country. It motivates a young youngsters in his community. It, it, the social economic impact is is sometimes immeasurable, and we need to be mindful of that and the social intervention that sports cause sports, to me, is one of the greatest social engineering tools that we can use to alleviate a lot of stress, especially in a developing third world country like Jamaica. Yeah.
0: You, you mentioned quite a number of things um, just now. And obviously, starting out in 2002, this is now your fourth official term as president of, of WIPO. You had served at a point as as interim president uh what can you say have been some of your biggest achievement in developing cricketers in the region um some of the
1: biggest achievements and I don't I, you have kindly to kind of say what, what I say would have been my biggest achievement what would be the biggest achievement on the administration that I have led
0: fair enough would
1: be um creating a professional setup in regional cricket um from 2014 to date um of course that started with some Hiccups and problems, we won't shy away from those. Namely the Indian tour. In, yes, and, and those may be the stuff that we needed to, to face. And there are some uncomfortable truths in cricket that some persons want to speak about, some will cast blame on. I've never wanted to cast blame, not to run away from what is the truth and what you need to do. Um, we have just signed earlier this year, or last year, medical insurance for our regional contracted players, as I spoke to one already earlier. Uh-huh. Where an international contracted player has a medical insurance that covers him to four million US dollars per year per player. Okay. And Which is crucial for for, critical. Actor, for, for yes. athletes. And if regional guy I think is about two um two million dollars per year, US dollars we're speaking. Right. And um you only come off the health plan if you're no longer a regional player. I mean come off meaning the cricket west Indies and we probably no longer pay your premium, but you will remain on the plan if you can take up that slot off yourself mm. for yourself you also have the opportunity of adding your dependents on it. Your family members can be added at your expense. So right. those are the opportunities are created. And the greater the pool, is the the, the, the more affordable it becomes for um, Cricket Westerners and weeper. So we are very mindful of those things. Those are, are critical things that we have, we have implemented. We have um, spoke about um, selection policies, creating an amnesty with Cricket Westerners to try and broaden the scale. We try and do our policies irrespective if players are members of Weep or not. Because player issues sometimes goes right across the board, um, and we we implemented that about two years ago at cricket is allowing players who are not necessarily playing regularly in regional cricket but are still actively playing at good standards around the world to be eligible to play cricket. Mark, you faced with a, a technical committee will give a final word and the availability availability once they would have met mm-hmm. a, a certain a lower grade criteria um also to try and make sure that the the, the, the relationship with cricket west indies and wepa remains one that um um sets out to the public and not everybody is well informed knows, but wepa is a special member of cricket west indies so in cricket west indies um cricket west indies organizational chart you'll see wepa the, the academia the 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 commerce commercial arm of the caribbean the the um, media arm of the Caribbean being special members and Weeper as one, so we want to create that relationship and and we have met with senior persons who are advocates for workers and labor laws and labor work, and we have understood that in trying to get the best for the players, fighting publicly does not necessarily add value to what you're doing or endears anybody to want to be at the table with you. So we, as an executive at the time, um, reviewed our position and sought to operate on good with the Cricket West Indies. And they were pretty much good with that. And and it has been good going so far. We have had fights. We know we had a negotiation at our offices with Cricket West Indies. Because um, that's ongoing for the renewal of, of MOU going from 2019 to 2023. Right, so, I
0: was just going to jump in and say they... The, the Collective bargaining agreement expires this year. Yes. So, so the new one is it's, now... it being put together, the, so... I didn't have this done, but do you anticipate many challenges since you... You know not have a new president for, for Cricket West Indies. There's a new collective bargaining agreement now. Do you anticipate challenges in, in getting this one done?
1: No, I like to anticipate opportunities to see how best we can move it forward. I want to always assume that persons will operate in good faith, I, as I have done publicly and I've done personally, want to encourage and wish Cricket West Indies' new president all the best, Ricky Skerritt, who is no stranger to me. He was my manager when I played for West Indies between 2000 and 2003. So we have that sort of background and relationship. Um, As I said in previous engagements, um, while I speak a lot to Cricket West Indies' president of the past, immediate past president, if I spoke to him twice for the week, I would have spoken to Johnny Grave five times and Jimmy Adams seven times. That those are the persons who are the paid executive officers who execute the the policies of the board so I have reasons to interact with them quite often so we 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 are charting a way forward we have our own view as to how we go forward will have theirs. I am very mindful that there is a new leadership and they may have their own style that we are we are appreciative of but there there is also a lot of history as to what we go forward what we go forward with and how we go forward mm-hmm. and we want to believe that in When we do our internal survey in terms of player satisfaction, which we'll do, um, we have a strategic plan that we compiled last January. um, Laughing Inc., Miss Margaret Arrain, which charts away for strategic plan that starts away from 2018 to 2023. And we have programs set out in the player development programs, so we transition. So we have a strategic plan that we work with, and we have regular um, reviews of it to make sure that we are yeah. on the right path and make the adjustments. As a strategic plan is not necessarily cast in stone. It can be adjusted according to what's happening on the day.
0: You mentioned something, the player development, and you've been actively trying to push that for players across the region. What are some of the initiatives that WePa has been doing under that player development plan? And the, la- the second part to that is I know there is a community development programme for youngsters that you are now implementing in Jamaica that have been in, in Trinidad before. Talk to us about those two a, a bit more.
1: All right. Um, so the player development is really, as you started out about how do you transition and how I would have made that transition as a player, is really as you become a member of WIPA, we want to make sure that we get you as soon as you become 18 and become a professional cricketer, that you start to plan your career after cricket. And your career after cricket may still be in cricket, but your career after playing cricket. And so that program, we start um, with a cluster of managers. So we have player development managers. We put each cluster of of players to to, to that manager, and that manager will oversee them. And you'll go one-on-one to say, what do you like at this stage in your life? What do you think you'll be in 12 years' time, 15 years' time? And whatever that may be, we'll start to chart the way for you actively chat the way for you. And where we, where we can financially support you, we support you. Where we can open doors to access um, different opportunities for you, we do that. And it's called career transition. So we're trying to transition. So you, you want to move from being a player to an umpire. You want to move from being a player to a coach. You want to move from being a player to the best plumber. You want to meet, to be the electrician, le- 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 You want to be an accountant, a doctor, a nurse. It's your choice. It's your career. We will access it. So we have gone out as well to have MOUs with Ue um, Open Campus GC Foster College Dominica State College St. Vincent Community College um, Quality Academies in Jamaica cause We want to make sure that we can touch The academic different side levels. at different levels Because everybody is at a different level That learning mm-hmm. continuum And we are an appreciation for that and a respect for that All these are private and sensitive information And not everybody is very much open To what their level of education is And their level of development is and how they want to go forward. So, we have those sort of relationships and those policies and programs actively happening now. We have David Bernard Jr., who finished his degree, and we asked, helped him. We have the Knight Sisters from Barbados, who play for so the West Indies, are actively doing courses in Barbados, and a couple of other guys who are supporting and have on the program going forward. As you spoke about my achievements at the master's level, and I, I went into the program um, for symbolism for the most part. To, I am promoting this program. I went in the program to show them that I am leading the program and I am going to do it as busy as I am. I went to UI Open Campus, made a sacrifice, and came out um, successful. I made sure I paid for it. So I didn't want to access the resources <laughs> of depriving my youngster from paying. But I was a part of the program just that I made sure I paid for it. Um, I did that. And I, and I said that to say in the list of things that I have benefited from, I have benefited from UI getting a scholarship from UE, from. Your good self, Sir Myers, sitting across from me when I was, um, when I retired from first class cricket in 2011, I saw an article where you were saying that you're going to be offering scholarships to cricketers. and things. So maybe if it didn't open your mouth, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been. Rare. And I read that while I was in Guyana, the same tour with Ravman for the, right. the 19 team as manager right. of the Jamaican 19 team. And I started UWE at Karamak Mona campus, September 2011. Um, finished. Um, started as part-time, as you will know, did first year of scholarship, couldn't do everything that was required for me, and approached it to say that I think it's best to offer a youngster of the 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 scholarship, and I would be able to pay for it. But the greatest thing that I got an opportunity to be enrolled in university, and I made the most of it. So I think it is important for persons to think about their continuous development and uh, mm-hmm. and that way. And what, what what we want to create that we've discussed, it, and it's in our strategic plan, is to Create a create a development curve, or a development slope that shows that shows a youngster entering kiddie cricket, and is have he, he, seen a Shandapala, Chris Gale, Jason Holder, whomever the star is that he admires mm-hmm. as a youngster, being in prep or primary school, enters cricket and he can show his full life from the day he became a fan and start to participate at the grassroots level to the day that he. He de- depart this earth where we want to uh, even at the, be- the back end of your career, you become a part of the Retired Players Foundation and you have some stake in it, you have shares in it and we work out something with a family member to say that 50% shares goes to you when you depart the land and your family estate and 50% stay with the foundation. So okay. if your parents are somebody transition at the age of 80, say from their 80 years older, they're 80, they are in the cricket and they can show a different state. 80 participate in primary prep under-19, then into professional, that is, will be the peak. Then you transition out into retail players where you come and play a golf tournaments, charity games. You do a promotion, add it to TV, commentary, and really. yeah. uh, You become a coach, then you move down the ladder where you just, you're just do an ambassador role because you're a little bit older now and more seen and have more statesman duties to do. So we want to have a cricketer going to so a family member. can say that. In all of that is university degree, all of those things. Going to college. Personal training and development. So, the cricket can see as a life, you can see a cricketer, and cricket can be a lifetime yeah. thing and not just try and be the best it can be to play. And then, when you finish playing, then we are passing around hats to, to help you if you are falling and hard times.
0: Yeah. So, so, let me just ask then in, in this new dispensation, how, how crucial is this development for players who are now in T20 and who are earning a lot more? than 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 cricketers used to earn.
1: Well well it is important to know. It is even more important now because guess what? When your earning power gets greater your expenses sometimes follow. And your lifestyle will dictate how you maintain that. But what is not told to a lot of youngsters, um while we're happy that they earn a lot of money and they should earn more, is that it is not your earning power doesn't follow your age. So <laughs> there is it it has a it has a shelf life as well. And yeah. even you may be earning at eight years old, it will most, more often than not, it will not consistently follow what right. you're earning at the peak of your career. And those are the, 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 the uncomfortable truths that are not told to youngsters and you need to tell them that. There is a point in your life when you maximize your earning and there is a point where you maintain and it trickles down and that's why we have pension schemes and provident fund and all those things. Mm. No, we want to create more of that. We have, saw, we have seen, we have a lot of guys have fallen on hard times or so have to rally around them and try and get stuff. And that is well and good. We should. But how do we minimize and mitigate against those sort of things happening as often as they are happening now? How do we give a guy a good lifestyle, a good quality of life after he has retired playing? What information do we share with him? What systems and structures do we put in place? And that's why I speak to the career transition, mm-hmm. Retired Players Foundation that we have with Cricket West in, is and making sure that when a player finishes, finishes playing all the... The credit and all the, all the um the, the attributes that he would have had from playing and all and all his credentials and and all and all the power that he has, public power, the the the, the marketing ability that he has can transition into the retail players' Foundation. and he's been used in a different way to to build that, build himself. He gets a sort of a pension from that that the other mm-hmm. sports in in America does, where people have pensions are guaranteed for the rest of their lives. So, those are the things that we are trying to set up to transition people.
0: Let me just ask you then, in, in kind of wrapping up, well, my favorite female cricketer, Marissa Aguilera, former captain, has retired after probably about 112 ODIs, um, quite a number of T20s. What kind of player do you think is Marissa? And uh, for players like those, what role do they have in, in developing youngsters in the region?
1: Well, firstly, I want to take the opportunity to tell her thanks for her service. I did so personally by telephone. When I heard, I called her. I spoke to her for a good time about it. We sent out a release to the same to our membership and to the public, um, telling her thanks. Marissa's service to the Westin is is without doubt a a great one. She was one or a leader for a long time. Mm -hmm. She's was replaced by Stephanie. She remained a vice-captain and she didn't serve any less when she was a leader. Her contribution as a wiki keeper is great. She had done a lot of work, good work in front and behind the stumps. Um, She has played for a long time. Yeah. And to me, West Indies and Trinidad and Tobago has benefited from that. And what I've said in my release, and I will say it now, she is a gem of a human being. And I I think ultimately we all want want to make sure that whatever we do, we we are, at the end of the day, we're Remain true to ourselves. We are uh, endearing and and respectful yeah. to all, and I think Marissa managed to do all of that in, with all the, the back and forth in cricket and cricket politics and not being selected and and the criticism of captain and losing. She has remained true to herself, and she has been a a great diplomat and a good representative of the West Indies. I want to tell her thanks, and and she has a great role. I think I, I've had. Early discussions with Jimmy Adams, the director of cricket at Cricket Westin, is about how she can be used to motivate young, especially young ladies in the Caribbean to want to be a part of it and how she can actively stay in the system and contribute. She's got a, a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure that she'll want to probably certify herself in whichever year she wants. So yeah. here she wishes to, and I spoke to her about that. But I asked her that she, um, in her busy schedule, find time to make a contribution, to, to empty that knowledge tank that she have with yeah. youngsters around so that we can continue to, to grow and move forward. So yeah. thanks again to Marisa.
0: My final question to you, Wavell, in, in moving forward, looking ahead, certainly for Weeper, what, what advice would you have for young cricketers? <laughs> well, certainly a young Alex, a young Corey, girl ones who are out there. What advice would you have for them in terms of cricket in the region and, and, and what should they try to do to make it at the top level?
1: Well, cricket, I would say to the youngsters that cricket is a, a, a very good option. It is an option that, especially in Jamaica, it gives you the chance to continue to play cricket and study. Um, I'm sure a lot of parents are going to be interested in what's happening with the education and development of their children. And just to remain disciplined, um, the returns on investment when I mean, it relates to um, the economic side of it is is quite great. Um, you get an opportunity, as I did as a youngster, to know the world for free. And I use my bat to know the world for free. I've been around the world about 5,000 times for free, and you yeah. get paid to do what you used to do on the street with a coconut bar, a piece of board, and a zinc pan. Your friends, you do it at a, you start to do it at an, at an elite level, and you get paid get per day. I mean, you stay in five star hotel with duvets, you fly business class. You you meet the queens and the kings of the world. You shake the prime minister's hands. You just live a very good quality of life. That in itself is not always a long term reality. It can be a fairy tale life, but enjoy it. And use that as a catalyst to set up yourself going forward. So um, as I said earlier, we want to make sure that we capture the kids from it. We take them right up to when mm-hmm. they are retired, that they can be a part of it. And cricket is what, that's how we are shaping the game to be now. And I want to encourage youngsters to play the game. Be, be humble, be endearing, be friendly, and try and make sure that you give back. And, and, and giving back to your club, your school, your society is probably one of the most um, fulfilling things we can do okay. as a human being
0: I know I said the last time but still not time yet we have a, another ball to go into over you're not going into representational politics is it that we're going to see Wavell out of Weeper as as president and CEO one or if not will we see a split again between the president and the CEO in terms of personnel uh, at Weeper?
1: Well, that's a question that you have asked me, but that's not a decision for me in its entirety. I am certainly going to be in a representation of politics. Um, what I would say is that the bylaws of WePA allows me to do so, as I wouldn't have um, bring the organisation into dispute if mm-hmm. it wasn't possible. So, I've got it all clear from the executive, and I'm not treading on any okay. any <laughs> any, <laughs> any lines that I, I, that should, I shouldn't treading on. And, but in terms of the split in office and all those things, right. that's entirely up to the executive and the membership of but That is not a distinction for me. I hold the position. I don't dictate how it goes. I am, I am the holder of the position for now.
0: You're and the I, holder of the position for now. For now, so
1: as we speak. But, and I am grateful to be and humble and honored to be, but I do not dictate <laughs> how it goes forward because in one breath I am an employee and in another breath I am an administrator
0: which is an interesting one and we'll bring you back at some point to talk about that difference Mm. etc but Wavel, we we really appreciate it thank you very much my brother and thanks for being here and I'm sure we'll have a part two of this and to all of our listeners thanks for joining us this week on the drive phase make sure to visit our uh, section on iTunes subscribe to the show in iTunes uh, and so you'll never miss an episode remember we'd appreciate our ratings in iTunes also go tell a friend about the show so that they too can spread the word feel free to send feedback comments or questions about this or any other episode to the drive phase at gmail.com or look us up on twitter and facebook at the drive ga until next time see you then